Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the Print Design Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins. Thanks so much for hanging out here with me. Now, if you're listening to this show, it's likely that you're a graphic designer, and it's also likely that you enjoy print, whether that's packaging, a nice piece of direct mail you get, some sort of booklet or catalog you come across, or you know, packaging like labels, beer labels, cosmetic labels, uh, pharmaceutical labels, kombucha labels, all kinds of different labels. If you are a fan of packaging or labels, then you definitely would be interested in the Craft Beer Label Design course. That is launching on March 2nd. And right now, just to whet your appetite just a little bit at printdesignacademy.com, I have a free guide to five different craft beer labels and how they were made just to start this journey so you can start putting the puzzle pieces together of seeing a label going, wow, that's awesome. How did they do that? And then having somebody tell you with the pictures of it right there. Just start putting those puzzle pieces together while you wait for the craft beer label design course launch on March 2nd. So head over to printdesignacademy.com and check it out there. Now, today's guest and this print project that we deep dive on, wow, holy cow. So I recently found out about this print project, but this project is from a group called Ultra Creative, and I have interviewed five now designers from Ultra Creative because of the stellar packaging work that they are putting together, and this is no different. Now, my guest in this episode is Mike Geit, who is a designer at Ultra Creative, and the deep dive project that we get into is their 2019 blank space Christmas box for their clients. For Christmas each year, they use their incredible packaging design skills and just create an amazing experience to give away chocolates to their clients around Christmas. Now, this particular project we're talking about uses some great mohawk paper, some great Nina paper, and it has this space theme, blank space maybe. I really don't want to spoil it too much. I'm going to let Mike explain it, but definitely do not wait and go to Instagram to see some pictures of this thing because it is mind-blowing, just mind-blowing, this design and what they put into it and the whole user experience, the customer experience. Memorable, 100% memorable. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to this. Let's let Mike Geit from Ultra Creative tell us about this incredible project and his design history with print. Hit that music. Here we go. Welcome to the Print Design Podcast, the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rock their world. From file prep to holding the finished product in their hand and all the key decisions in between. So let's talk ink on paper. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Print Design Podcast. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for having me. No, man, I'm excited to get into this. You are the fourth person from Ultra Creative that I have interviewed for either the Quickie or the Print Design Podcast. Like, what a talented team to be a part of. Yeah, it's been really great, especially being a young designer. There's uh, some great people to learn from being at Ultra, so... Definitely. And it sounds like they're really taking the time to basically teach you the print world because a lot of designers don't come out of school knowing what's going on there. Yeah, it's been a great learning experience the last four years I've been there. Um, definitely have learned a lot in the print area. So being in a as a package design designer, um, stuff you need to know, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely stuff you need to know. Yes. I'm excited to get into that a little bit later on in this episode. And, and I'm hoping you've got, you've made some mistakes and I'm hoping you've got some stories to share with us about that. 
I'm sure there's a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You know well, first, yeah, exactly. Well, first, Mike, let's kick it over to you and uh, tell us about yourself. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Wisconsin and went to UW Stout for graphic design. Um, then eventually worked my way over to Minneapolis and I've been a designer here at Ultra for the last four years. Um, I've always loved creating things growing up, like just building stuff and just making random stuff. And I think that's what translated into me being a designer today. Um, I get to do what I love every day and just create cool stuff, um, work on brands that I grew up eating or um, using or buying. So that's been pretty cool. Um, outside of the design world, uh, I love to go camping, backcountry camping, um, uh, anything outdoors, really. I love snowboarding and uh, traveling. Um, my wife and I just had a little baby in November, so oh, that's been consuming. Thank you. It's been consuming much of my world as of late, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, baby, I'll do that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, (laughs) baby, I'll do that. Yeah, I got three kids myself: twelve, ten, and nine. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you you know, I've I've been there a few times. It definitely (laughs) occupies uh, some time. It shakes things up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Perfect. So (laughs) during a pandemic, it's oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's right lots of least. walks lots of walks <laughs> yes but here in minnesota it's hard to get on walks lately with her so yeah it's winter there like full-on winter right yeah it's like right now it's like negative 10 out so negative uh, 10 fahrenheit correct <laughs> oh i'm at like minus nine today celsius okay so it's like it's like t-shirt weather for you yeah, short weather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> awesome. It's funny, it's funny in Minnesota, like it hits 30 degrees in the spring and people are outside in shorts and a t-shirt. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's a little early for that. But. A little early for that. Nice. So you're always drawing and creating as a kid and in that sort of creative world and, and expressing your imagination. Um, I want to ask you then, Mike, is there a specific either magazine or print or packaging piece that, you know, what's your earliest memory of that? Something from, maybe it's from your childhood, maybe your teens. What's your earliest memory of printer packaging? Yeah. So I think the first thing that comes to mind is the USA hockey magazine. It's a magazine I got monthly and something about it that I really loved was in the back of every magazine, they allowed kids to send in drawings of hockey players or whatever, something hockey related. And I just always thought it was so cool that I could have the opportunity to be printed and published in a magazine. So I sent in a couple drawings. I don't know. I don't think I ever got chosen, but it was always, it was cool to me that, um, it resonated with me that you could have your stuff out there and be mm-hmm. seen. Um, but then I also loved seeing all of the cool print ads for all the hockey gear. And I was always obsessed with logos. I just loved brands and logos. And from pretty early age, I, I liked looking at that stuff. So. That's cool. And yeah, the hockey world, like even thinking equipment to all of the teams and all of that, that hockey world, there's logos galore. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Okay. So favorite hockey team logo. Ooh, (laughs) that's a good question. Um, And don't give me some like Minnesota wild thing, like hometown boy. (laughs) Don't give me that. I'd say the Kings logo is pretty sweet. Yeah. That's, that's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I haven't seen, um, where is the, there's a new hockey team joining the league. Is it the Las Vegas Knights? No, the Vegas Knights have, are on, on board already. Aren't they? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They've, the Seattle they, team. There's a Seattle team joining the league. Oh, that's right. I've seen some of that floating around the, the new logos. I don't know what it's called though. 
I can't remember either. I have to look this up. It's definitely we're off script. We're off script here, Mike, but I have to look this up right now. <laughs> Seattle NHL team, the Seattle Kraken. Hmm. Have you seen this? No. Okay. I, I think Let's I have, do, but I don't remember it. Let's do the old screen share here. This is, this is how it's done here on the print design podcast, man. When there is something that needs to be discussed, Mike, we get right to it. <laughs> Let me just share this. Cause I got the, I just did a quick little Google and we got the logos and everything up here. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. I have seen this. Yep. There we go. So look at that. Interesting. This is my first look at it. I dig it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I feel like I, I'm not sure I'm digging the whole like 3D of the logo. I think it'd be cool if it was flat. Yeah. Just like a three-color flat. But I like it. I like the I like the market stuff. <laughs> I love it. Look at this guy. Look at the look at the guns. Oh, you can't see it. Oh, page, page not found anyways. I was gonna say, look at the guns on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, yeah so it's pretty cool logo i'm glad we got into that because i i know now i'm caught up on my nhl you know i, I just I've yeah been a, i've been away for a little while now i'm back into it um so we talked a little bit about you know the the usa hockey magazines and some of those early hockey gear logos and things what about recently have you had any recent interactions with printer packaging where you kind of went back and went whoa this is really well done or this is really cool yeah. Um, so back to the fact that I just had a baby, uh, my, my world has been consumed with baby toys and baby packaging. So yeah. I've got to see a lot of new stuff that I've never seen before, you know, had the opportunity to. So one that really stood out to me was my wife, my wife orders clothes from this site called Lulu and company. Okay. And I'm always like, why do you spend that much money on a swaddle and the first time we got the package in the mail i'm like okay this is this is why you spend 40 dollars on a swaddle like it's yeah. just a beautiful package um had a kind of like a gold foil bottom to it and then a slide out with Whoa. a little die cut hole so you could see the pattern on the clothing it was pretty yeah. cool Man, so that's that's like next level. Now you're like, okay, I get it. They got to pay for the packaging. Yeah, exactly. And as a packaging designer, you can't argue it now. Yeah, I can appreciate that. So. <laughs> there you go, man. That's how she got you, Mike. That's and I mean, how she got you. Packaging goes a long way with brands, I think, to to really represent their quality and their image as a whole. So. Yeah, it's the experience because, you know, you can have something looking nice on screen and interact with it and the UI is great for it. Okay, cool. But when it actually shows up in the mail, that's your first tactile, tangible experience with that brand. And that's a big opportunity for brands to really disappoint and not have a shopper come back, but to also really wow people and have have them dying to order more stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's well worth the investment um, and and creating a beautiful package and experience for people to open up. So, man, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, so earlier on, when you were introducing yourself, you mentioned backcountry camping. So, I mean, I would call myself a front country packet uh, <laughs> a camper. That's good too. That's, that's fun stuff. <laughs> for lack of a better term, but yeah, where do you look for inspiration? when you are designing some of these cartons and some of this packaging stuff that you're creating, are you, do you get some of that from the wilderness? Where are you looking? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, Sometimes if I'm stuck on a problem, I'll go out on a hike or just walk my dog or something and simply getting out of the house and, you know, being by myself with my thoughts, I I tend to solve things in my head a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. So that's one way that I, um, try to get inspired when I'm stuck on something. Um, but there's also, there's a lot of cool stuff when in nature, when you're out there to see, and it's pretty inspiring. Um, and I've recently been looking into, um, bio packaging and the, um, inspiration from nature and packaging. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of cool things out there, especially with this whole sustainable movement. 
and trying to make packaging more sustainable. There's some really cool stuff to be inspired by um, from nature. So definitely, no, I can imagine that's a good spot. Just for a second there, while you said, you know, when I have a problem, I had to stop myself from saying, well, you should ask Vanilla Ice to solve it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got you a should problem. have said it. Yeah, yo, he'll solve it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to hear that, you know, even ter- in terms of, you know, sketching and putting ideas down in a notebook and on paper, that nature and, and you know not even to the degree of backcountry camping or you know m- mountain climbing not even to that degree. right yeah. just literally getting out for a walk in different scenery there's something about the freshness and the visuals that just re- reinvigorate your creative mind so it's it's not uncommon to hear that for sure definitely and i think just like getting away from looking at actual design and just think being by yourself and thinking i that helps me because sometimes i get kind of stuck at looking at what's out there already. And mm-hmm. it's hard to think of something new. So Mike, with this next question, I really want you to be honest with me. How often are you in the grocery store and how many times does your wife have to ask you to leave? That is the perfect question because that's one of the main reasons my wife doesn't take me grocery shopping <laughs> with her. So, <laughs> it'll be like, where'd he go? And then I'm lost in the cereal aisle or something for yeah. 15 minutes. And yeah, it's, and I'm always throwing stuff in the cart. That's like, look at this package. It's awesome. Let's buy it. You know? Totally. So are you sort of like a packaging hoarder? You know, you'll finish the box of crackers and you'll hang on to the box or you'll bring it into work in your drawer just for reference later. Oh on. yeah. Yeah. I have a shelf at work. That's full of all the, the treasured packages that I've bought. So that's Definitely. awesome. Yeah. So if I asked you right now to tell me who in the cereal aisle or the cracker aisle or whatever that aisle is, who's killing it right now? Who is, who's leading Ooh. the pack? That is a great question. I mean, you can say ultra creative, I guess. Yeah. Ultra creative. <laughs> Anything you design is just killing it. <laughs> um, you know, that that's a there's so many awesome categories out there. I would say um, in the kid design, um, kid cereal packaging, I would say Cinnamon Toast Crunch is actually killing it right now. Yes. They've got like this cool graphic front of pack. And then on the back, they have just like a giant illustration of a uh, one of the little guys, the little cereal guys. So. Cinnamon that, that, Toast Crunch. Yeah, they're killing it. They're killing it with the flavor. It's really good. <laughs> I'm guilty of eating a bowl of that like Beautiful. every day. Cinnamon so. Toast Crunch, knocking it out of the park right now. <laughs> That's so, just the first thing that comes to mind. I'm sure there's many others. but No, I love it because as soon yeah. as you say that, I, I envision and I think if I remember right, it is like a giant close-up image of a, of a, of a Toast Crunch piece. And there's like this dusting cloud of like cinnamon or something on it. There's like, actually there's like a newer, a newer version where it's like red, blue, and green, like waves going through the package that are just like bold colors. And it's pretty cool. That's cool. Okay. Well, obviously I'm going to be paying attention to that in the cereal aisle next time. (laughs) We do a lot of uh, kid cereals at ultra. So that's, I'm pretty aware of that space. (laughs) <laughs> that's your jam that's where you yeah, know what's going on definitely. um so mike um we're going to kick it back into the past a little bit here as well um and i want to hear about the very first print project you were ever a part of the first one that you were a part of producing so professionally the first project i've ever worked on was um a redesign of nature's way vitamins, which was super cool. It's, it's a big brand and um, it was just a fun opportunity to explore new packaging structure and, um, you know, updating their logo and just, it was a really fun project to start out my career on. So when you say packaging, are we talking boxes? Are we talking labels? 
Yeah, we're, so we were given the green light to completely redesign the the form of the bottle. So cool. the bottle that the vitamins come in, it could have been wood or, I mean, they were open to anything. Um, it ended up that we just like made it from a round bottle into more of a square bottle okay. and then redesigned the labels. Um, so that mine, my design didn't get produced. My logo redesign, however, was, is now their logo. So that's kind of cool to go to the store and see my logo of the first project that worked on up on the shelves. So nice. That's cool. That's been fun. And then the first project that I had produced was um, the redesign of Cascadian farm, their whole line. So they do cereal, um, granola bars, frozen food. Um, they, you name it, they, they have it. They have a lot of, I think it was like over 200 SKUs that we Whoa. had designed to. So it was creating, we created a custom illustration for every flavor and skew. So it was, what? <laughs> it was pretty wild. And we, we did a photo shoot for every skew as well. So it was, Whoa, it was a bit, it took up a whole year of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but so, it was fun. so when you're in that sort of large scale project where you are, you know, basically dedicating your time and work to this one particular brand for the whole year, you know, typically when you're with a studio, I mean, you're bouncing around to different brands and you know, you're keeping things fresh and always having to look at things. Do you, is it possible to like get brand fatigue, you know, when you're focusing on one brand, one concept, one direction and just yeah, I, emulating it? I think that's definitely a, a real thing. Uh, I was lucky enough to still be put on other projects during that whole thing so I, I was able to get my mind off of it every now and then mm -hmm. but it definitely towards the end it was like okay i'm doing another photo shoot i'm doing i'm making more illustrations yeah but all in all it was it was a good experience and i learned a lot from it so good 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 yeah. so we kind of touched on this one earlier in our conversation where I said, I hope you've got some bad stories to share, some mistake stories to share. Um, Mike, have you ever been part of a project that did not turn out as you had hoped, didn't go well, went sideways? Um, can you tell us about that project? Yeah. So there's been a few um, that stand out in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I would say it more is just it, it doesn't turn out as as I intended in the end. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times because of consumer testing and they just over test things and people, you know, the whole idea that you had just gets kind of Frankenstein with other ideas and um, it just doesn't end up having the same integrity that you intended. Yeah. Um, I'd say a good example of this that happened was... Um, we were redesigning Yoplait and the brief was like, you know, we got to, we're going to make a huge change here. And it, it was really exciting as a designer to look at a brand like that and just be able to reimagine it. And we had some really cool stuff that went out in the first round. Mm -hmm. um, but I think after it went through some rounds of consumer testing, they realized that you know, they kind of pumped the brakes a little bit and said, we can't make this big of a change. So that's one of those disappointing moments where it's like, yeah, it could have been so cool, you know? Yeah. Where you're, you know, really excited about an opportunity, but based on consumer results and, you know, through the consumer testing and how they're interacting with the brand's potential new look, yeah. um, it sort of creates like a, uh, like a hard stop. If, if consumers yeah. are saying, mm, don't care for it. Yeah, which you know. is, it's totally understandable from a marketing standpoint because, I mean, it's a huge investment to make that kind of a change. So I, I understand it, but it's it's pretty disappointing when you are excited about the direction that it could go. Yeah. So. Yep. No, definitely. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. the... I mean, it's not even exclusive. It's not an exclusive agency problem or studio problem that's that can happen freelance and all it can happen. Yeah. it's a design thing that just happens 
Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's like the getting cold feet in the redesign process and yeah, it does happen a lot, but I would say that's probably the biggest thing that has gone wrong, I guess, in, in what I've done so far. Yeah. And it's almost like it didn't really go wrong. It just didn't go the way that, that everybody had hoped and really wanted right. it. To yeah. Go. Yep. The way it could have gone. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Definitely. So Mike, I want to move on now to the deep dive. So ultra creative from my understanding creates a pretty rad Christmas gift for their clients each year, custom Christmas gift. And the one that we're going to dive into and talk about like Mohawk had a hand in this as well. Um, And you guys put together something pretty spectacular. So I don't really want to, give away too much in saying this. I want you to just take this and tell me about the project. Tell me how color and process and finishing and paper choices were made. And and then we'll go through like the production of it, how, you know, press checks, did that stuff like that happen? What was that like? Um, And then any surprises along the way. And then let's wrap up with like, the, the consumer or customer reaction, like what kind of feedback you got from this. So, yeah. Yep. So what's the project? What are we talking about here? Yeah. So a little bit of history, um, ultra creative has been around for uh, 35 years now, I think. And mm-hmm. from the beginning, they've always sent out this Christmas gift. That's that contains chocolate. And basically it's just packaging some sort of chocolate in a way that's exciting and, has a fun experience for our clients and um, yeah. whoever else we send it out to. Um, so it's, but it's also a really cool um, opportunity for all of our designers that get a hand in on it. I would say it's like a designer designer's dream because it's, we create our own brief. We, we make all of the, the creative choices and yeah. it, it's just a lot of fun to work on. Um, so for this specific project, um, we were really wanting to lean into a more sustainable package. And I think our, the problem was like, how can we create a premium experience, a premium package, but still make sustainable choices, Mm -hmm. um, which was kind of, it was a fun learning experience. And I think one that people need to, we need to continue to learn in, in the sustainability area. Cause I think that's really a huge part of the future of packaging and our responsibility as designers to um, start to make more sustainable choices in our designs. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that I recently interviewed Emma from little Fox design um, out of Victoria, British Columbia here. And she has a course about um, sustainable graphic design. And it's an awesome course. I've heard nothing but great things about it. And she even has a section in there where she talks about print and choices in print and how to make, you know, sustainable choices in print and, and really walks people through that. So um, that's awesome. Check yeah. that out. Yeah. Little Fox design um, because sustainability, like you just said, is, is incre- becoming increasingly more important and also desired and valued. Yep. Yep. And so with this project um, from the beginning, I'll go through the process here. We just kind of, we get a group of designers together and we just start throwing out all of the trends that are happening in this year and trying to like, what is everything current that's happening right now? And we just make a huge list of all these trends. And and then we kind of narrow it down to which ones would make a great concept for a package and chocolate package design. Mm -hmm. Um, So we whittled it down to... Uh, for this one, we whittled it down to um, space was kind of a big thing during this year. Um, it was NASA's, I think, 50th anniversary. Um, so we just kind of wanted to dive into the space world a little bit for this one. Was that also the year of Space Force? It may have been. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Yeah, so this was our chocolate gift last year. Um, it went out around Christmas time. So um, let's see, where was I? 
So called, so it's called blank space. Is that sort of the theme that you guys went with that? So what is the, I mean, you, you said you wanted to dive into the space and incorporate some of that space theme. Um, yeah. Blank space. What does that mean? What's the meaning behind that? So this whole, the whole concept of this package is there's a team of future scientists that this takes place in the future and they're tasked, tasked with the mission to go out and find a new habitable planet. Okay. And so this package is essentially what gets, what is sent back from those scientists with samples from each planet. And the samples are the chocolate bars. That Um, is fun. So we kind of, we tried to design something that was like kind of futuristic spacey, but also just like simple and, you know, kind of sciencey looking. Um, so it's like a capsule that came back from space. What is this going to look like? So that's okay, so, kind of the idea behind it. Okay. I love how you guys create a story around this piece. It's not just, um, it's not just like, here's a really pretty box. There's a story behind it and, you know, almost a story to follow. Um, yes. Did you guys also have any like digital assets created for this that that went out as to complement this? Yeah, we had some social teasers, I guess, um, kind of leading up to it. Um, Like one of them was like the space map, like an animation of the space map, uh, which is included in this package. There's a fold-out map of their journey. That's cool. Um, And then on the backside of it, there's kind of the read-through of the whole story. And it's like the mission notes of, of the whole mission and it's it's kind of it has a funny twist to it and it's it's a pretty funny thing to read through that's cool it's got kind of a humorous twist on it (laughs) like one of it's one of the scientists is a robot and spills coffee in his on his circuit board and can only talk in uh coffee mug quips (laughs) so it's pretty hilarious love it yeah so when I'm looking at this, um, you know, on screen right now, we've got just basically the full total package closed, looking at it um, at an angle shot. What materials am I looking at? So that the outer box, that black part of the box is yeah. um, we used Nina classic crest, epic black paper to wrap um, uh, a paper board. Yeah. To wrap like a rigid box. Yep. Yep. So it's yep. a pretty sturdy box. Yeah, I have one right here actually. It's like, oh yeah, it's pretty sturdy. Oh um, man! So can you hold that up on camera here? I just gonna, yeah, I want to see that for scale. Like that's that's as big as your head, man. That's like a that's yeah, a it's, huge box. It's a pretty good size. Yeah, that's awesome. Has a good amount of chocolate in it. And how do you? How can as as a customer receiving that? How do you ignore that? Right. Yeah, and it comes. So it comes in this. This was the uh, the shipper, so it yeah. came inside that has a custom label with your name, um, and then this kind of opened up like a spaceship would. Um, oh, that's and, fun! And then the package is sitting in there, staring at you. So it's it's kind of a fun experience. <laughs> yes, experience. I'm glad you said that. It's that's really what this whole project is about too. It's yeah. just like creating a fun experience for our clients and um, whoever receives this. Okay, so the outer, we've got the, the Nina uh, Classic Crest Epic Black. Now, what yep. about this inside material? Am I looking at ink there on black stock? What am I looking at? Yeah, so that gray paper is um, Mohawk key color, uh, gray fog. Mm-hmm. And so that, those are the two papers we used in this whole thing. Yeah. And I just, I loved the, the texture and the tactile of that gray fog. And also there wasn't any other gray papers that were quite like it in color. It, it had like a nice cool gray yep. to it, which felt really spacey to us. Yep. Um, so that's what, why we went with that one. Um, and then the ink that you're seeing on there is a soy based black ink. Yep. And as part of our sustainable, um, you know, mindset around this design, we tasked ourselves with trying to, design this whole box using one ink color and one yeah. ink. So this is all done in one ink and then a couple foils. So, wow. 
That's it was so a fun, cool. Fun project to, or a fun way to design just using one color. Yeah. So, so up on the screen here I have now, and, and what I didn't realize about the construction of this box when I'm looking at the full package, like that top solid part, that top rigid box really is what holds it together. So yep. when that comes yep. off, bloop, it kind of flops open. Yeah. It falls open like a, like a spaceship landing on the moon or something. Oh, I kind love that tie in. So it's like, you know, it lands and it's like, opens up kind of like there's a gif on this page too that shows it opening you had the sound effect right yeah we we talked about putting in a speaker but it was it wasn't sustainable you know (laughs) that's true (laughs) okay so we've got the ink in there now when you when it flops open it it i'm going to safely assume that in the walls of that inner box is where the chocolates are hiding Yep. And in each individual panel, you're sort of identifying a different planet and what you've yep. discovered from that planet resting in the center is the brochure, the map that gives a little bit more detail about this piece. And it all has this very like space equipment vibe to the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so fun fact about each one of these planets has a, um, as you can see here, it has a kind of, in, an aerial photo of what the planet looks like from yep. the spaceship. And we created these through just photography. We, um, the one that you're looking at now is a pancake. <laughs> I, took, uh, I made probably a hundred pancakes using like, I put some oil in there and like just trying to make weird textures. And yeah, yeah. this one really looked like a planet to me when I, I was like, yes, this is, this is perfect. <laughs> got like craters and yeah it's it was cool that's so cool so you took the photo of it literally took the photo of the pancake brought it into photoshop and and you know converted it to the way you needed it half tone yep <laughs> so and that's then so cool the other ones are like i think we did a rock um a marbled sheet of paper and like a textured brick wall or something yeah and it all just feels really spacey when it's in black and white. Man, that's so cool. So then this, um, so now what I'm looking at on the screen, this inner piece, this is sort of your space map of the, of the actual journey yep. that, that the story took place on. You've got some chocolates around each, each one. Yeah. What's, so that space map, um, I'll dive into the printing on that a little bit. Yeah. That was, that's it was, was my next question. It was a really, that's one of my favorite pieces of this whole thing. Um, so looking at, you see all the stars and um, planets there yeah. and all those lines, that's all silver foil. Nice. So the, the plate for this was just beautiful. I have mm-hmm. it in my office. I don't have it with me, but I have it in my office and it's just gorgeous. It's like an 11 by 17. Wow. Can you send plate. me a picture of that? I definitely will. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I have the, a press sheet of the map here too. So you kind of see the sheen happening. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it it was a super fun piece. Um, Definitely a challenge printing wise though, to get the the right pressure on the foil so that it, you could keep a clean, crisp edge around all those small lines. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's where, you know, hot foil, if you're doing small areas of fine detail, it's usually okay because you can really focus on that area. But when you spread it out bigger, it gets harder and harder to, to keep it all nice and fine and detailed without having too much, you know, like picking or something around, around the edges of the foil, making it look really jagged instead of a nice smooth area. Yeah. We had a lot of issues with that picking, um, but the, our printer did a fantastic job working around that. And yeah. I'm overall really happy with how it turned out. So this instruction sheet then is printed both sides. Is that on the same Mohawk gray stock? Yep. 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 So Mohawk gray and then all soy black ink. It's black ink. Then you've got a silver foil and then you've got a die cut on that brochure. Yep. Die cut. Um, and then, so it folds up into a booklet. So you can page through it yeah. as well. That's so, so cool. it reads through like a store, more like a story book then. Yeah. Which is what, that's what, that's what it looks like on the inside there. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Unreal. Okay, so here's the here's the gif of everything coming down. So did those panels when they came down? Did they flop down, or did they actually have some resistance to them? <laughs> this was a very big challenge in creating this. Like we prototyped for a couple weeks, just trying to find out like how do we get this to open. Like sometimes we'd take off the top, and they would all just like balance there. Yeah. So we had to create a die line that was that would allow it to just like fall open. Uh, I would say it's more of a flop. We were going for a little bit more tension. We had some, we folded it over twice, doubled the paper there. So there, it would go a little bit slower, but it's more of a flop. I would say. Wow. This gift that you're looking at. Yeah. was, uh, quite the production took, <laughs> I think it was like 300 photos or something. Oh my gosh. A lot of fishing wow. line involved. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. So then now in each of individual side pocket, we've got the chocolates and there's a matching label um, on each of the chocolates or identifying the sample and what planet it's from. Yep. Yep. And this chocolate, um, again, on the sustainable um, mindfulness, we locally sourced the chocolate from a local chocolatier. Yep. Um, and she made all of these custom bars for us that to match each planet. Um, and the, the planets are kind of named after what the chocolate tastes like or looks like. Yeah, okay, so Inferno Sodium Sea. <laughs> yeah, that one's just like chocolate sea salt. Uh, yeah. Dark chocolate sea salt. And then Arabica. Arabica that's, that's a coffee-flavored one. Bedazzlon. <laughs> that one's got like um, food-grade glitter in it nice uh, so it's pretty sparkly instagramable this is just such an incredible experience so we've got some mohawk stocks we've got oh yeah lots of blind embossing i'm seeing um yeah why did that so blind as opposed to you know registered where it just for those who don't know explaining that registered embosses imagine you have printed uh the word space and then you are also embossing that same word you don't get the you don't get the visual out of that as much as when you don't print anything and no. you let just the raised paper, just the emboss itself, um, showcase that word or that content. So why did you guys make the decision to go blind emboss for a lot of this? Yeah, so on the on the cover you see it says blank space and blank is the word that's blind embossed. Yeah. So it kind of disappears a little bit and and reiterates the word blank. Um and I guess that was kind of the reasoning behind a lot of the the blind embossing was just like it's a it's a blank space like you can't yeah. really see it. it it's, it's kind of subtle, you know. So this is like one of those projects where you send your files into a printer and the printer looks at it and has to sit with it for a minute and goes, what is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we had multiple meetings with uh, the vendors and kind of talked through everything. And uh, yeah, I think they were a little little blown away at first. But the the one vendor that we um, use a lot is pretty used to our crazy. Yeah our crazy expectations. So, (laughs) wow. Like what a beautiful project. So now tell me that like when, when you're sending this out to customers, what's the feedback that you're getting from this piece? Yeah, it's, it's overall really positive and people just, they, they get excited every year for this to come in the mail and it's, it's always just a fun thing to have around Christmas time. Like you get this in the mail and yeah, we get so many positive emails like, Oh, this was the coolest experience. This is so fun. Um, and, and even in the past we've tried to do like social media stuff where you tell people to post certain things on social media. So we've had some of that kind of experiential stuff going on as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how many of these pieces did you guys end up creating in the end? I think the total was 450. Yeah. So. Yeah, which is like a pretty sizable run for a box like this. Yeah, they're 
they're pretty pricey little buggers, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can but only it's, imagine. It's worth it. It's such a fun experience on both sides, designing it and receiving it. So That's so cool. So in the beginning of this project, you had mentioned that like you guys all sat down and just started writing down like themes of the year. So from that point where you have the initial meeting to try and figure out what this is going to be, what this is going to look like, how long until you're holding a finished box in your hand? What's that timeline like? Yeah. So I think we started this in like early August and yeah. it was on press and done by like mid November. Yeah. So it's a pretty quick turnaround by the time we, you know, decide on what the topic is going to be. And then you have to design it and get it to press. Yeah. So it's, like, it's a pretty quick turnaround. I was going to say for a box with this kind of complexity and, you know, we're seeing it in its finished form. Um, do you have any photos or anything of the box, like flat before assembly or any photos of the die line or anything like that? I I think I do somewhere. I'll, I can dig through my stuff here. And yeah, because what I would love for people to understand is, you know, to get this finished piece, this finished concept, how does that translate to flat? What does that look like flat to, to in the terms of also what your files looked like and the different angles and ways that you have to lay things out in your flat file so that yeah. when it all comes together, it's all orientated correctly? Yeah, that was... That was a big challenge, and um, and one reason why we do a lot of prototyping, yep. you know, just make little mini models of them and make sure that everything's going to line up where we want it to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the die line was pretty challenging. It, we went through probably three or four proto- prototypes with the vendor before we found one that really worked the way we wanted it to. Yeah. And. One more thing I'll say is on the sustainability front, we were trying to keep the pre- keep it down to one press sheet. So that was another challenge with the die line, just yeah. trying to contain everything on one sheet. Yeah, definitely. Now, when you say prototyping with the vendor, are you talking like, let's make a die line and cut it out on a plotting table? Or are you ordering a die each time to make sure that it's working the way you want? Yeah, they just, um, they do it on a, laser cutter just for that and Got it. for the initial prototype. And then, yeah, then they make a more refined die line. So, I mean, even when you're creating something, you know, as simple as a four-sided cereal box or a cracker box of some kind, you know, prototyping is very important with that. Taking yep. the packaging concept to something like what you guys have created for this piece, like prototyping is paramount. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. And it was another actually another way that we were able to choose the vendor for this. Yeah, uh, we had we had two vendors and um, had them each make a prototype. And that kind of helped us see who was going to be a better fit. Yeah. Um, and while we're on the topic of vendors, um, another thing on the sustainability front is we chose a vendor that would um, be able to print using wind power. So that was just another cool way to incorporate a sustainable choice. So when you're creating the content for going on this piece, are you calling out things like that? Is that something that you're making the consumer or your customer aware of? Or is that just something that's with you? Yeah. So I'll show you here. Um, On the back of the booklet, we have these... Uh, uh, just yeah. listed out with icons like uh, it says printed with soy ink, printed using wind power, um, chocolate lo- um, made locally, and printed on certifi- uh, FSC certified yep. paper. Yeah, FSC so. certified. Yep. Very cool, man. That is a brilliant piece, Mike. I'm so glad you were able to share that with me because, like, wow. <laughs> just so much that went into that. Um, pretty fun it was like i said it's a dream project to be to be able to work on that in my fourth year as a professional it was pretty pretty fun so how do you top that (laughs) hopefully i'll get another shot at working on 
one of the chocolate boxes or, you know, there's a lot of fun clients that we work with too. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I got a couple of last questions before we wrap up here. Um, I have interviewed probably over 200 and nearly 300 designers. Um, and it seems that all of them in some capacity love print, love packaging. They each have their own little collection of stuff that they've hung on to cool packaging that they've come across. Why do you think that is like, why would designers like print like that? That's a great question. I think for me, it's just that, whole other dimension that comes with print like that tactile Mm -hmm. like being able to hold something is just it's a whole new experience that you can't get through the design on a screen or in any other format it's just you know like feeling the raised ink from a screen print or um you know the emboss on a on a package is just this tactile experience that that that's what i love about print is yeah, how else how else are you gonna get that? Right. Yeah, it's just a whole new experience, it's a whole new look that you can't really recreate anywhere else. Beauty. So Mike, I want to wrap this up now with the ask the audience question. So I've got a group of you know graphic designers in our audience who are all excited about packaging, eager to learn more about print. What would you like to ask that group? It doesn't have to be print related, but what would you want to ask them? Yeah, so something that I'm interested to know is have you ever bought packaging or have you have you ever bought a product based solely on the packaging? And if so, what was it? I'd like to know like what are you buying just because of the packaging and and why? Yeah. Okay, so what was it and and really what stood out to you? Yeah, like sometimes I'll really just buy a product because I'm like, that's really cool packaging. Not even that. I think the product looks like it'd be good. I just want the packaging, you know, so, <laughs> give me that, give me that box. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd like to know what other people come up with. Beautiful. Well, Mike, that wraps it up for the print design podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today and t- sharing this piece with us that you guys created over at ultra creative there. Um, brilliant work as usual from an awesome team. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's, it's been great talking to you. So. All right, everybody. That is the end of today's episode. Thanks so much for sticking around and listening. And remember, go to our Instagram and check out the pictures of this packaging. It's absolutely nuts. It's nuts. And if you are interested in labels, craft beer labels, kombucha labels, cosmetic labels, fancy, fancy labels, and you want to know how to design those things, how to find printers, how to find the right label stock to complement your design, all that and more, head over to printdesignacademy.com to get your guide to labels, five different beer labels, how they were made, what went into them, inks, materials, that kind of jazz printdesignacademy.com. Check it out. See you next week.